Welcome to the Interviews Podcast. Attenzione, attenzione, welcome Interisti to episode lucky number 13 to recap the Champions League quarterfinal first leg tie for Benfica and Inter which finishes at the Estadio da Luz 2-0 in favor of Inter, goals from Barella in the 51st minute and Lukaku in the 82nd, I am one half of your hosting duo, Alessandro Rafa, joined by the incomparable, by a man who has suffered for far too long and who deserves this more than most, Johnny Paterno. Johnny, how the fuck are you feeling? Bro, let me tell you, I am so happy right now. So happy that I was proven wrong. So happy that this team was able to to galvanize themselves and put in a performance that i mean for the most part uh, you could say it was perfect really like there's hardly anything that i can point to or think of that i was like Ugh, i didn't like that whatever whatever a few instances if if any to be honest but my gosh to go back to the san Siro with a 2-0 lead oh baby i don't want i'm not gonna say anything i don't want to jinx anything but no no but I'm of course not good. i'm feeling good that's all it's hard not to. Uh, it's hard not to right now, and I think you know <clears throat> we can't we can't take nights like this for granted. Um, when you look at what our our form has been since March third, March third was the last time we won a, a game um, over a month ago. We've been through a lot for quite a long time, and I think we were in the sort of state where a lot of Interisti would have taken. Even a, would have accepted even a loss today, as long as it was close. You know, would have accepted even a one nothing yeah. or a two one. That's how bad we've been. That even if it was a two one, we'll take a one goal deficit to go to San Siro, and you might feel, given how poor we've played, you would feel like that's a good result. But flip that on its head, take a two nil win back to the San Siro. What what an epic um, epic game. Um, I, I do get the feeling that we see these kind of inter performances when our backs are against the wall, um, when we are the team that's you know not on the front foot, where we get to do what we, you know, play compact and then uh, hit people on the counter. That's that's where we've seen some of our best performances this year, such as the the Barcelona Champions League game um, in the camp now. But man, I, I feel. Um, a major weight off the shoulders because this is, uh, you know, I tweeted it out before the game, our biggest European night in 11 years. And I have to just give it up to the boys and to Inzaghi and to Inzaghi for um, putting together a masterful performance and, and we'll break it all down. But, um, you know, it's been a long time since we've been able to to sort of sit back and actually enjoy a win. So it feels really great. You know, for the listeners that listen to us time in and time out, uh, we get to have a little bit of a positive pod today, which was all I could think <laughs> all I could think about. Get to be a little happy. 
it's oh man it feels really good to be able to get on here and be positive and and really just be able to talk about how great of a team performance it was and and, and i can't wait to really highlight some individual performances that really stood out so yeah yeah absolutely um so you know what let's go ahead and, and dive right in um, right from the start of the game, as we always do, we talk about the selections that Inzaghi made today. And there were, I guess, two that really stood out. Um, we'll talk about why those decisions were made. But the the two that stood out the most were obviously Dzeko in uh, place of Lukaku and uh, DiMarco over Gosens, especially after that, you know, it feels like he rounded back into form against Salernitana. How were you feeling when you saw the uh, the lineups drop an hour before the game? Yeah, I mean, obvious that those were the first two things uh, that I was not a, a fan of. I, I, I thought Gozins really deserved to, to be a starter. Uh, with the way Lukaku ended, I mean, yes, we didn't get the win, but I felt like he was one of the more positive performers in the Salernitana game, so I thought he was deserving. Um, so, yeah, they were both head scratchers, but um, obviously yeah, we can't really make uh, – you know the decisions ourselves unfortunately even if we think we know better at times but that's uh that's what i went into i was a little upset when i saw the team sheet obviously you know anyone who follows me on twitter saw my tweets about it and um listen it is it is what it is at that point you know we really can't make uh the calls ourselves it just it just happened to roll out that way but then you know some things were were, were done and, and they were able to make a make a difference of uh make a more positive impact i should say in the game yeah it feels like those four players in particular um are not neither of those players are 90 minute players at this point in their in their careers or in their respective seasons right you never feel like the monaco can give you more than than 60 um and gosens we haven't seen him play a full 90 um in quite a while except he may have gotten it against salernitana but um you know, for the way that the season is unfolded, Inzaghi has liked to use both of those uh, both of those cards, I guess you would say. Um, Gosens to close out games and DiMarco to start. And then with Dzeko, you know, Lukaku, uh, I think it was pretty obvious from the start of the game why Dzeko was the choice. And it was because of the defensive work. He was doing a lot in terms of, you know, pressing and closing down uh, the center backs, him and Lautaro, were were rotating, and I think he wanted to get as much out of Jeko as possible prior to bringing on Lukaku against uh, tired legs. So I can see the thought process, but Johnny, you know, I, I don't think you can be faulted for wanting to see Gosens and Lukaku from the start. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's really what it is. You know, we we we've been seeing better performances, and I think given everything that Lukaku has been dealing with in the last few weeks. Uh, I think he was really deserving of an opportunity to, to kind of make a difference and have an impact. And, and fortunately, he was able to do that from the bench. Um, but you know what? I, I think if you, if you can get him going, we've, I mean, we've all been saying this since the beginning. If you can get Lukaku rolling to even maybe half of what he was when we won the Scudetto, watch out, man. We could be we could actually make a push for this and um, for the, the Champions League. I mean, obviously, the league is, is done. But, man, dude, like, he, he looks... 
he looks like a man on a mission, and I, and I want him to be successful. I never, w- let's be honest. I mean, we know how I feel about Dumfries and everybody else. I never want players to fail. Like that's not what I ever wish for. I think that I want them to be successful, and I, I I would much rather be proven wrong. Obviously, you know, like nobody. Yeah. I would have no problem coming on space or coming on spaces, coming on the pod, and and, and apologizing for you know takes on certain players. But you know what? Um, Hats off to to Lukaku for for taking the most or taking advantage of the opportunity handed to him when when he did come off the bench and I thought he was impactful you know for his what 20, 30 minute cameo yeah and it is there is space for both praise and criticism right one game does not cancel out the previous you know however many games of missed opportunities but it is encouraging that you know we're able to get these 30 minute sprints from Lukaku in these important games um because that's going to become crucial you know down the stretch where we have a really big month of May coming up um that's likely going to define our season so it's great that Lukaku you know he may not have been on the pitch for 70 minutes 90 minutes but in his 30 minute cameo he got the job done which is uh it's going to be a big boost to to his confidence he said after the game you know, he um, <clears throat> he understands the criticisms, and he also mentioned that at the end of the season, he's going to explain what his celebration means. So all eyes on uh, whatever that means. But let's go ahead and jump into the game. So really, really high pressing intensity from both teams uh, to start the game. Um, I think we saw a lot of Barella getting in and, and pressing uh, high up the pitch. You know, Lautaro and Dzeko working really hard. And they, the strategy, it seemed like, was to not allow Benfica time on the ball to unfold their attack, which I think it's the th- they're the third highest scoring team in the Champions League right now. So we really did not want to give them time on the ball. You know, from the Inter perspective, there was a couple sequences that had been repeating themselves, mainly... Bastoni looking over the top for Di Marco, whether it be you know a through ball over the top or he was even looking for um, passes, but those two were trying to combine. It ended, a lot of those actions ended with <clears throat> some poor, I guess, end product from Di Marco. And I think this is the first, you know, first major point of the game that I want to get into. It was a question whether or not he should be starting. Um, and based off of that first half, what were your impressions of, of Di, Marco's, uh, Di Marco's game today? Yeah, he's very limited. Um, although I like him, you know, I, I do love that he, he grew up in the Curva, that he's, he's been a fan, that he loves his club more than anything. You know, it's just something that he's very limited. He's a one-dimensional player. He's predictable. He's always going to try to cross it in with his left foot. He doesn't know how to really beat his man. He does have some pace and he does have some dribbling ability. It's not like he's a totally useless footballer. It's just almost like he lacks confidence and he just thinks, let me just do the same thing over and over again and, and, and expect, you know, a different result. But yeah, he, we, I think that it's time for him to be, you know, know what, it is, what his role is, which really is just at most a bench player. He doesn't have the legs to go 90 minutes ever. He's always gassed by the 60, 65th minute. So, I mean, that was my problem with him starting. You know, we've seen Gozins offer more defensively for sure. You know, De Marcos doesn't really offer much going back. And in a Champions League game, you know, I want to be able to keep the ball out of the net. Fortunately, we were able to do that even with him starting. But Gozins is much stronger defensively. You know, he, I like that 
Although him and Dumfries have similarities in some aspects with both wanting to get in the box and get it in on crosses and not be really good at crossing the ball themselves, I feel like Gozins has a little bit more of a knack for goal. You know, I mean, we saw he had an opportunity in the second half where he was just a little bit late or a little bit too far ahead um, to get onto the ball and maybe score. But hey, you know what? Um, thank goodness that the Marco playing did not burn us, you know, or starting, I should say, did not burn us. Yeah. And that we were, um, you know, we were just able to to kind of hang on in the first half there. Yeah. So there were a couple times that he was beaten defensively, whether, you know, John Mario playing around him, you know, kicking the ball that over was, his that head. That was pretty embarrassing. Uh, that was that wasn't his greatest look. Um, poor clearances, and like we spoke about, the end product um, wasn't great. So that was part of where Benfica did well in that first half. It definitely came from you know not the greatest performance by Di Marco on the left hand side. In terms of what was done really really well, um, I thought we, we you know we clogged up the. Uh, passing lanes and the dribbling lanes they wanted to obviously play quick one touches uh two one or two touches around the penalty box but we were doing a really good job of um, making that difficult for them um you know closing down with multiple players and not letting them get too much uh either you know through the ground uh, releasing a pass or over the top um we were really really solid defensively in that first half uh, and another player that we have to touch on who, you know, I highlighted in a, in a pre-match thread that I thought he was going to be incredibly important as an outlet for uh, the defenders, but also in progressing the ball forward, a player who has been much maligned uh, recently, um, you know, to, to his own credit, he has not been playing well. But today, especially in that first half, I thought we saw an immense performance from the the croat with uh the energizer energizer bunny croat that we have in marcelo brozovic what did you make of what you saw from marcelo today man did he really step up his game today as well you know when i think about the even the game against salernitana his cameo i was discouraged you know i i felt like maybe this is it this is the start of the decline with him but he came out today Almost like, you know, same thing to kind of prove a point that he he's still Marcelo Brozovic. Um, it doesn't matter what Hakan does. He should still not be starting in that position over Brozovic. And I'm glad he did this. I mean, he was, in my opinion, I mean, the whole midfield to me was fantastic today. But I think that he was, I know Bastoni did get the man of the match from, from UEFA. But I would have made, you could easily make the argument that, that Brozovic was the most influential player for us. Even though he didn't get on the score sheet or have an assist himself. He was massive, and there was like a calming effect that he has on the midfield. Yes, do I panic sometimes when he circles back a little bit and kind of does his little yeah. dance in the midfield? But you know what? It's he's calm. So what does it matter if I'm freaking out? You know, like he he knows what he's doing. He has the confidence to do those things and and to to kind of regroup, find the outlet, and and be able to to start the counter. And man, you know, I'm glad that it was him playing and not and not Hakan. As much, as fantastic as Hakan is, like this is not a knock on Hakan, but Brozovic just brings a different type of calmness in the midfield that that you don't get with Hakan, which I'm I'm very thankful that he was able to do. Yeah, I think my you know why Brozovic's performance was so incredibly important is his ability to. You know, much like Pirlo used to do, I'm not comparing the two, of course, but 
he was able to control the tempo when things were getting a little bit too too heated for us or too quick for us. You mentioned, you know, when he turns around and he does that little like sort of, you know, rondo thing to escape pressure. What he's doing there is he's giving everybody else on the pitch a little bit of time um, to get together, to get set, to, you know, position themselves where they need to be. And his use of tempo today was extremely crucial, not only to get us composed to play the game that we want to play, but also completely taking Benfica out of out of their game, right? They would have preferred something a little bit more, you know, frantic and and um, not so composed. But from Brozovic, you know, starting counterattacks, and really he did a good job pinging these cross-field balls, like completely switching the play, um, and also just working really hard to, to make himself an option. He was a key reason why uh, we were able to... You know that that first half was was good for us. We didn't allow Benfica to do anything, um, anything that they've been doing to other teams in the Champions League this year. The other thing that became really clear to me as well, and this is something that uh, has has plagued us all season. In the final third, we missed a couple opportunities. There were a couple passes that weren't made because they were the decision to actually make the pass was one or two seconds late right the run had already been made you know we the the pass was no longer there and we were being i think it's because of a lack of of sort of confidence uh with with not scoring a lot of goals but we're being almost too patient in not executing on the runs that that are made um and being reduced to crossing the ball in to to the box where you know oftentimes those those crosses like we have less than a 50 percent chance of of winning those duels um that is something that we need to improve upon obviously today it didn't hurt us but you know looking at how we attack the final third it's definitely um it's an area of weakness I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is it's a bit frustrating when you do watch the team. You know, in the first half, I was getting a little annoyed. You know, it was like we're doing the same thing. We're predictable here. But but I did not feel like we were out of control either. So it is a negative and it is something that, I mean, listen, we, we saw the kind of change once when certain players were brought on and we kind of tried to, to go more in the middle and be more direct that that's when things uh, obviously took a turn for the better. So, hey, you know what? Um I'm glad they were able to regroup, come out in the second half, and, and figure things out. But it is something that I, I hope we, I wish we were able to come out, you know, immediately and have this same type of mindset and, and kind of game plan. But I'm not gonna not. I, I can't even. I, I don't even want to. Let's, let's not even talk about being like you know stuff that didn't go right or wrong or didn't go right. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just keep 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 the positive vibes going. I'm I'm, I'm happy. Of bro. course, Come of on, course. Let's, keep, let's just keep it going. Of course, just you know, telling the story of the game. So, um, regardless, you know, I think our best chance in that half came from Barella cut, cutting inside uh, onto his left foot from that uh, right Metzala position. He put in a, a pretty ball to Jeko that was just over his head. Um, but you can see that we we were getting more and more comfortable moving forward, and that's when. We hit the second half, which was, you know, one of the best halves that we've played. Definitely got yeah. put into some early trouble. Um, Benfica came flying out of the gates, uh, putting a lot of pressure onto us. We had some poor clearances. And then a man who 
I think he might be the best crosser on the team. Uh, better than Not all even of our a question. <laughs> better than all of our wingbacks combined, and we've seen him do this time and time again. Bastoni gets into space on the left hand side and pings in just an absolutely delicious, perfect ball that meets Barella's head and he's able to put it away. Both of those guys um, are so crucial to our success. Seeing them connect, I I exploded. Um, I exploded. It was a you know a fantastic counterattack um, and exactly what we needed in that moment where you know we were getting under pressure within those first ten minutes of that of that uh, second half and um, ball comes the other way and a, a beautiful pass from Bastoni and finished by Barella. I've been looking on this app that we use to record the podcast because it has little sound things I can put in and I've been looking for a cash register sound. Can't find it. But anyway, whenever it goes Bastoni to Barella, cha-ching, like it is money in the bank every single time. It, name name a better com- combination in the last four or five years between a Bastoni to Barella ball. There's so many memorable goals that come up that you can think of between the two of them. And these two guys, in my opinion, even though Bastoni's defensive abilities kind of frustrate me but you know what i need to get over it because like you said there isn't a better crosser of the ball there isn't a better center back with his left foot pushing the ball forward that you could probably find in europe you could even make that argument if you want to these guys need to be handed lifetime contracts because i want to see them together for the next 10 15 years however long they can play i don't care i want to see these two guys making sweet sweet magic like this over and over again i love them I mean, what what are we even talking about? Just pay the man what he wants with Bastoni. I, I, I don't want to go into another situation with Skriniar. I want him to stay. I want him to be a pillar. Him him and Barella, to me, are the two guys, along with Onana, but we, we don't have to talk about that yet, who have to stay on this club. I love it. It was such a beautiful ball. The funny thing was we had so many Inter players in the box. The shortest one is the one who gets on the yeah. end of it yeah. and delivers the best the best uh, header you could possibly put, really. It was a perfect, perfect placement. And how fitting is it that with the way our strikers are unable to finish that it's a midfielder who gets the first goal for us yeah. in the Champions League uh, tie? But, man, what a what a great way to, to kind of hit back at Benfica because, like you said, they came out flying and it, they did have us a little bit of pressure in the first five, six minutes there. Um but man, what a ball! What a ball he gave it! And my gosh, I just, just I want to watch the replay again, but I'll hold off till till we're done. In this, in this Champions League specifically, we've seen this combination a couple times now, right? Bastoni fed Barella for the goal against Barcelona as well. Yep. So this is, you know, when we need it most. Um, Bastoni's able to just find the runner in the box and Barella has been cool, calm, and collected in front of goal in these in these big moments. Um, I love how it wasn't just like lashed into the net. It was just well-placed against uh, Vlacodimos who had himself a, a great game today as well. Um, yeah, hats off to him. Is Bastoni your man of the match tonight? I guess so. I mean, for me, it's between him and Brozovic, like I said. Uh, but I guess, yeah, you do kind of have to give it to, to the guy who, I mean, he he should have had a second assist, really, if it wasn't for, um, you know, Odysseus making that, that save on the, the on, Dumfries. Uh, Dumfries there. Yeah, yeah the, the first one there. I mean, he that was that was Bastoni again with the cross. So, I mean, he was just robbed of, <laughs> of a second assist. 
and man, like when when you think about like yeah, like you said, like the the ball to to Barella there in in the game against Barcelona, now this one, just just the connection that these guys have and the way that they're able to communicate. And while we're talking about Bastoni, I've got a crazy thing, and and it may it may be you know, I don't know, it may it may be frowned upon, but I want to get your opinion on it. What if we played? And again, it's granted if Skriniar is ready for the second game. What if we played Bastoni at left wing back? And then put Skriniar in the middle and Achedbi on the left side with Darmian on the right. So I the only thing I don't I don't know if it would work is because I don't know how comfortable Bastoni like I feel like Bastoni's gotten real comfortable in that left center back position. I don't know how comfortable he would be on the wing, but I think you're <clears throat> the logic is solid in that when you think about how productive Bastoni is able to be when he is in advanced positions to be able to make a play, he is, you know, you said it before, like he is the best crosser on the team. Um, he actually has, I think he might have better footwork than, you know, the the uh, other left wing backs as well. Probably. Probably. <clears throat> yeah. And he finds himself in those, in those threatening situations. Listen, he, he doesn't have the pace and partly why he's able to find himself in the positions to deliver those balls is because Gosens and DiMarco push a little further up, which which drags, you know, whoever their right back is um, further, further down the, their own end. Um, so that's why he's able to get that space. But listen, I, I can't. I can't argue too much with the idea that uh, if we can get Bastoni into more threatening and advanced positions, that he wouldn't be devastating for us. Um, so Inter takes a one nothing lead in an away tie in the Champions League. Within minutes, it gets crazy. We have another Dumfries goal line save. How many times is this guy going to do this in the big moments? We, we've talked about him all year in a negative. And again... None of this cancels out anything that's come before, but my God, just another another right place, right time for for Denzel, who really, really grew into the game as the uh, the second half wore on. He really did. You know, the first half I, I was frustrated with him as usual, but in the second half he like he made some some key blocks, some key interceptions too. I mean. Not the best at at handling pressure when, you know, like there was a few times where he was right outside the 18 where he wouldn't want to kind of clear and he gave it right back to a Benfica player, which made me nervous. But yeah, yeah, I mean, huge block there in in that that moment that would have obviously equalized it for for Benfica. And, you know, there's 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 something I don't know. I mean, it seems that he comes up big in the Champions League, which maybe it's like, you know what? Forget about him in the league. Just let him play in the Champions League. Because he seems to, I don't know, the bright lights maybe bring something out of him or maybe playing away from the Sancido gives him confidence. I don't know, but he, it was uh, another good one. And, um, yeah, I mean, hats off to him. Obviously, I give him a lot of grief because he's been an underwhelming player. And, yeah, it doesn't change the way you know I feel about him overall. But when you're playing well and you do something good, I'm going to give you credit. I'm not going to just knock you you know constantly or find a way to, to bring you down. It's, so it's... Um, I'm happy for him that he was able to have that kind of impact and and do something good. And and hopefully he can carry this into the second leg. Yeah, let's see how he brings this performance forward into the season. He's done this a few times where he's had good games, but it really felt like the danger from him uh, increased as the match went on. You mentioned Bastoni delivering another ball to him or he headed it down. Vlacodimos made a great save. Um, And then also he won our second goal, right? The penalty 
from John Mario came from a cross from uh, Dumfries, which is probably the only time you're ever going to be happy about an unsuccessful Dumfries cross. <laughs> but the secret agent, the double agent, João Mario. Actually, before we talk about that goal, let's quickly cover the first uh, substitutions that Inzaghi made. Interestingly, um, both forwards come off for Lukaku and Correa, which at the time, once I saw Correa, despite the fact that I thought he played well against Arenitana, um, interesting substitution for me in that moment. How did you feel about both forwards getting switched out there and us going with a, a Correa-Lukaku front line? Yeah, I've seen a lot of people were upset about Lautaro coming off, um, but in my honest opinion, Lautaro was trash today. Yeah. You know, I don't think he was really deserving to stay on. I was more than okay with him coming off because in my mind at that time, it's like, is Correa going to do any worse? Probably not. Let's be honest with the way he was. Lautaro had a few opportunities to deliver a through ball to, to release Jekko, release Mkhitaryan. He kept hitting the defender. So, like, yeah. he was kind of just stunting our counters and opportunities as goals. And honestly, that one to Jekko, I know he's not the fastest player, but he would have been clear on goal by himself. Yeah. There's no guarantee he scores, but I think, uh, listen, I'll, I'll say I think we would have been up one nothing a little bit sooner had he just been able, if he would have stopped and, and kind of used the outside of his right boot, to, right boot to go around the defender and just release him, it would have been fine. But no, he decided to be cute and try to hit it with the outside of his foot. It's yeah. like, buddy, you don't, ha like, you don't have to do that. You just made it harder for yourself for no reason. It is what it is. I'm glad, you know, listen, they had to come off. I loved those th the three players he brought on, and I think you saw the impact that those three guys made as soon as they were all able to get on the pitch. So, yeah, I mean, hats off to Inzaghi. I give you a lot of a, a hard time, too, because I, I think he doesn't do things at the right time, but he kind of knew, like, hey, I'm up one nothing. I can really go for this year. We've, we've kind of been in control for the most part of the game. Let me go ahead and make the be proactive, which is something you, me, pretty much everybody in Twitter spaces says he's always reactive and not proactive. Well, finally, he was proactive, and ha like I'm, I'm thankful that he was able to do that. Yeah, Lautaro had a, had a poor game, gave the ball away way too many times. Um, like you mentioned, the third man in that substitution, in that first uh, series of substitutions, was Gosens. Um, in terms of how Correa and Lukaku entered the game, so... Correa played on Mkhitaryan perfectly, who fluffed his shot at Vlacodimos. He had another... Uh, he was getting himself open. I think Lukaku almost you know, tried to hit him on a pass, couldn't do it. He ended up hustling back to, to win the ball. Um, and then Correa you know, started uh, one of our better actions of the second half when he won the ball uh, in our half, laid it off to Mkhitaryan, who played on Barella, who ended up shooting wide. But... Um, really encouraging signs from both Correa and uh, and Lukaku today, uh, and that gets us to to the second goal. Uh, I didn't see it when it happened. I just saw that you know potential penalty check flashed up on the screen. Michael Oliver, who had himself a fantastic game today, uh, really got a lot of a lot of the decisions spot on. Goes over uh, to the VAR, and we see that Dumfries tries to cross it in, and there's no question about it for me. John Mario's hand was in a, you know, it was away from his body. Um, it was definitely in a compromising position, definitely in the box. Uh, we win the penalty there, and Lukaku steps up to the plate and converts. 2-0 to Inter. I think this happened in the 82nd 80, minute. 82nd, yeah. Yeah. So, 
you know, basically, uh, basically killing off the game there um, with the way that we were we were defending, um, and that that moment right there is a lot of pressure, especially for a player who's been who's been under it uh, this season. He steps up, and you know, Vlakodimos chose the right way, but it was perfectly struck into uh, into the bottom corner. Man, you know, it seems he is so comfortable taking penalties. Honestly, if he doesn't start a game and if and we get a word of penalty in the sixth minute, Inzaghi better just throw him on there to take the shot and not let anybody else shoot it because he doesn't miss. His his confidence at the yeah. penalty spot is sky high. He's cool, and he does the same thing. It, I mean, it's funny. Jorginho kind of – I mean, he does a hop more than Lukaku does a pause, but the pause doesn't mess up his power. He's able to hit it with precision, right corner, left corner doesn't matter he gets it underneath the keeper every time it's perfectly low driven i mean he's automatic and i'm so happy he was able to score this i feel like that it it just continues to be a little bit more of weight being lifted off his shoulders a little bit more pressure taken away from him and allows him to eventually i think grow into it and we keep saying we've been waiting for lukaku and lautaro to get clicking again the way they were with the scudetto team I don't know if that's going to happen, to be honest. It, it feels like something's a little bit off. I don't know why, but if if he, Lukaku can score and then maybe Lautaro can uh, figure out where the net is at some point in the next you know week or two, um, I mean, listen, I, I think we could really have you know something good going into what hopefully could be a semifinal appearance in the Champions League. And, uh, man, if Lukaku gets clicking, watch out, guys, because... Yeah. He's, he could score in bunches. Yeah, yeah. It's all. It seems to always be really mental with him. Um, and he was able to, to really come up big in that moment. Did his celebration and did not receive a card for it. Which... Uh, crazy, right? Crazy, crazy. How, how that works. It was actually Jekyll mm. that received the yellow uh, for running onto the pitch after we went absolutely crazy. Um, like Johnny said... Really, really happy for Lukaku. Um, I think that, you know, given his stature, um, a lot of criticism comes down on him when, you know, he doesn't necessarily get great service or, you know, doesn't always have uh, have the best impact on games. But I'm happy for him. And again, this is all about after playing so poorly for so long this is all about giving that the guys just that little bit extra in terms of confidence um so we can bring it into some of these huge huge games that we have coming up a couple more chances for benfica um david neres uh actually entered david is it david neres yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah. He enters the game um and is uh, in immediate danger uh on that uh right hand wing, was cutting into his left foot, um actually had a couple crosses for Grimaldo that Grimaldo ended up flashing wide. Um Benfica's performance today, what what did you think of what we saw from them? Um I, I don't know how much you've seen from them this season, but they've been an absolute wagon. Uh this is only their second loss at home. Um, and they're such a dangerous team, and they, they can score goals in bunches. Do you think Benfica either didn't show up to play today and, and had an off game, or do you think it was all about what Inter was bringing to the pitch in terms of um, you know sort of clogging up the spaces? You know, I don't want to sound like a Serie A fanboy or that our league is superior or anything, but I think it kind of shows the differences in, in quality and 
between the two teams. You know, we were able to handle Porto, and it, although you know Consensao did a better job, I I think of play of of game planning against us than than uh, Roger Schmidt did. It just I don't know they. <laughs> I didn't really see anything that was really that that impressive. I felt like we really controlled the game. Sure, they had a few instances where where things were messy at the back for us, and they kind of gave us a little bit of a, a pressure and a, maybe some headaches there. But other than that, it it really was nothing special. You know, I mean, Grimaldo had a few good crosses, had a few shots too that you know could have maybe done something. I actually expected a little bit more from Gonzalo Ramos. Um, you know, he he has yeah. been a great goal scorer for them, and but I I really I don't remember him doing anything or having any impact at all. Um, they already you know, Mario, Benfica already has multiple twenty goal scorers. Yeah, you know, like Joe yeah, Mario yeah, and yeah, Gonzalo with Ramos, Ramos and yeah. And neither of them were really able to make an impact, in, in my opinion. I mean, thank goodness Joao Mario still is a closet, you know, Inter supporter with the way he was able to give us that, that handball in the box. But really, like, it, it was it was kind of underwhelming. And, and in fact, I feel like Porto worried me more than, than what Benfica did. And yeah. I, I, barring an absolute catastrophic collapse, I don't see them scoring three on us at the San Siro to win this tie. Um, yeah. And, the, and and for them to even do that, they're going to have to really leave themselves vulnerable at the back. And if we start Lukaku that game, I feel pretty confident that we'll be able to hit them on the counter regardless. But I don't want to get too far ahead of myself here. But yeah, Benfica really didn't do anything. I, I mean, I know they only have two losses now in the league. They did lose their most recent game to Porto, which thank you, Sergio. You know, you are a true Interista as well. You kind of already put them in the dumps to heading into our matchup with them. So... Now this is back-to-back losses for them. I mean, are they going to have the mental strength really? Because they too really have kind of like the league wrapped up. They really yep. only had to worry about Champions League, and they they looked a little flat at home too in front of their own fans. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if they're able to rebound. But I don't really foresee that happening. The Inter back line is, you know, I think it's fair to call it a makeshift back line. Darmian is not a right center back. Acerbi is in his mid-30s, was not expected to be the the, the starter this year. It was supposed to be Devray. Obviously, Bastoni is is uh what he is, but I, I don't I don't know if we can talk enough about the job that those three did back there to I mean, John Mario 20-something goals. Gonzalo Ramos, 20-something goals, like we said. Rafa Silva is a dangerous player. We saw David Neres is a really, really tricky customer. I mean, it's it's insane that our back line was able to keep them to essentially one major opportunity. And this is, I guess, the next thing that we have to cover here. Benfica's best chance came in... But essentially was almost the last kick of the game. Um, D'Ambrosio ends up entering the game. De Vrij ends up entering the game uh, for Darmian and Bastoni, respectively. A ball comes over the top, over Darmian's, uh, sorry, D'Ambrosio's head onto Gonzalo Ramos, who, again, has been absolutely prolific this year in the final minute of a game. And listen, there's a major difference between taking a 2-0 win back home and taking a 2-1 victory back home. The man who has been there time and time again, the man who was under relentless criticism for 
something that, in my opinion, cannot possibly be blamed on him from what we saw with uh, Candreva last week um, against Salernitana. Andre Onana, point-blank range against one of the top scorers in Europe in the last minute of a game that you need to take home 2-0 because 2-1 is way too close. He makes an absolutely outstanding, stellar, stellar save. What did you think of Onana, not just in this moment, all night long? And, you know, again, this is a name that's been talked about as a possible transfer this summer. What what does Onana mean to this club at this point in time? To me, he's the captain. I know he doesn't wear the band. I understand it. But he is a leader. <clears throat> he was a leader for Ajax when they made it to the semifinals that year. Um, he is very vocal on the pitch, in the locker room. I don't know if you saw his quote what he said um, prior to the match or well he said after the match what he said prior to the match is that don't worry you know um, if you're worried about what's gonna you know about this game then don't even bother putting on your boots and getting on the field we are a great team and we're gonna respond in the league if you're saying that before the game you're a leader and you are a motivator. And I, you could tell this team feels so much more confident with him in the back than they ever do with Handanovic. I'm sorry. I never want to see him play again. Thank you for everything you've done, Samir. But this is Onana's team. And to the lunatics who think that we should sell him in the summer, Nima, I'm talking to you <laughs> because we disagree about this on Twitter every single day. You could give me 40 you can give me 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. Unless I get triple digits, I'm not selling this guy. I don't care. He is that influential to this team. He is that. And yes, and you know, it bothers me. There are people who say, like, oh, I've seen some red flags with Onana. What goalkeeper doesn't have some red flags? What goalkeeper yeah. is perfect in every aspect besides Mike Magnan? I'll give him his credit. To me, he is the most complete goalkeeper in every aspect. He's probably the only one that if you told me we're selling Onana, then we better use that money to get Magnan, which we wouldn't get anyway because he's at Milan. But Onana to me is right now, right now, and you could you could argue with a wall if you don't agree with this, top three goalkeeper in Europe. I don't care what no you say. No question. He, it's, it, it, he is, and, and you know what? And he's not number three, and he's not number one, so he's number two. But <laughs> the guy is unbelievable. When we had we were doing really nothing in the first half, he was the only one gathering the ball. He had a moment where he scared me, where he cut the ball behind himself and just turned the uh, forward and just was able to boot it forward. I mean, to have the confidence to do that in such a game of this magnitude, I love it. I love him. I'm so glad we got him on a free. I'm so glad that he chose us. And yes, you know what? Maybe we were fortunate because he was suspended. A lot of people were scared to maybe go after you're idiots. Every club that needed a goalkeeper and didn't go after Onana, you're an idiot because he is. He was one of the top five, in my opinion, even when he was at Ajax. I didn't think that he would ever be a reality or even a possibility. I'm glad we have him. My goodness. Let's please just don't sell him after one year. That's all I beg. Truly, the guy could help us. If he starts a full season for us, I'm not saying we're in first place, but I can guarantee you we have, I would say, nine or ten more points than we currently have had he been the goalkeeper all season. I, don't I think said that's it crazy. in the summer. Yeah. I said it in the summer 
the the league title is going to be decided by how soon Inzaghi switches to Onana. You could ask anybody who knows me, anybody who's been in spaces with me. I've I said that in the summer, and I'll stand by that. And we and, and I'm telling you, if we had played him all season long, I don't think we would be we would be you know in first. I, I definitely don't think we'd be winning the title regardless because let's just be honest, our finishing hasn't been clinical. But at the back, we would have been a, in a much safer hands had he been had he been playing. Of all the things that you just said about Onana, the thing that means the most to me right now is he is becoming sort of a, a legend with these pregame quotes, where he just like he has this winner's mentality, this Lions mentality. I don't know if they would Ooh, ever his confidence. Yeah, I don't know if they would ever give him the armband, but I, I don't know how I you would. move off of this guy. I, I don't care. Like, listen, Vicati was a good goalkeeper, and that's the that's the guy that that Nima keeps saying. Oh, he's we, we should buy for twenty twenty five whatever. I'm not denying that. I, I actually said last season how much I like Vicario. So it's not. It's but you have a ready made goalkeeper who's saving big, making big saves for you big in the Champions saves. League. Yeah. Like I don't care about what you know Empoli does against. Leche or Monza and what Vicario did, you know, in his game. I'm sorry, Onana's doing it in the biggest stage against some of the best players in Europe. There's there's no reason to, to even entertain offers. I'm telling you. Paliuca said it. The only way you're selling him is if you get a hundred million. And I agree. A hundred million is the only way I'm like, okay, yeah, you know what? I could deal with that. I could deal with it. Do I want to sell him? No, but you can't say no to a hundred million. I'll say no to forty or fifty, no problem. <laughs> But not a hundred million. It means a lot coming from a keeper like Payuka. They know, like keepers know keepers, um, and he yeah. sees a, a special one. Um, and I think we all see a special one as well. And you know, again, like I said, two nothing bring that back home is way way different than two one. Massive, bro. Massive. Massive. Especially moment. with no no away 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 goal rule in place anymore. Yeah. So. Two goals is a legit two goals, not like two and a half or whatever, you know? Yeah. And that moment, you know, I think the reason that we spend the time on it is because it happened like right in the dying embers of the match. Literally, like... Like, it's easy to overlook. It's it's very easy to overlook, but, you know, the same mentality that we saw from Lukaku to be able to finish that penalty is the same mentality that you see from Onana when he's, you know, staring down the barrel of a... Uh, a 20 goal striker in the last minute of the game um it takes it takes balls to come through in both of those moments um and we had two players that did so today and you know what even is more impressive too and i've been saying this about him for a while he doesn't give up big rebounds ones that just go back to the forward or go right to another buddy like he has such good rebound control and his securing it, like he is able to gather the ball in, bring even if it does go off his hands a little bit. Like it wasn't like he 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 gathered it perfectly, yeah. but he kept it close enough where he was able to go recover and not allow another opportunity for for Ramos to get a second shot on goal. That's huge, man. Yeah, and I, my gosh, do I love that we have him. <laughs> and he also displayed really good IQ um, towards the end of that game as well to hold on to the ball just a little bit longer. Right, you're not going to get a card if it's you know one or two seconds too long. When you hear the the stadium 
um you know booing uh onana and and whistling at him you know that he's doing something right because he's holding on to the ball in that moment and even there was even a moment at the end of the game where he dribbled the ball backwards into our own box and you know deeper into our box i should say and just kept dribbling it backwards until he could corral it just to waste those extra few seconds and like i said it's that's special IQ. That's a player who is not um, not blinking at 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 the moment, right? And is really um, he's all locked in, and he understands what has to be done. So, kudos to to Onana there. Um, and that's that's really the the story of the game. I think there is one other player that we need to talk about in a in a positive light. In a shout out here, another player who's come under intense criticism, who I think worked his ass off tonight both in the, in the defensive phase and um did some good things offensively and carrying the ball as well um he's not the flashiest player he's not you know jumping off the uh jumping off the the starting lineup when you see his name in there but you have to give your your flowers to Mikatarian tonight um he battled he he really really battled and listen i spoke about after the game against Salernitana, thinking that Aslani has a legitimate shout for being our third best midfielder. If the first three are Brozovic, Akan, and Barella, um, you know, I thought what we've seen from Aslani puts him firmly in a conversation for being that fourth best. But you cannot take away from the value that a veteran player like Henrik was able to bring to the table tonight, worked his socks off. Uh, what did you see out of the uh, the Armenian? Yeah, I mean, just the hustle he had to, that tackle he made in the first half where he just tracked back, clean tackle, slides in, takes the ball, gathers possession. I mean, our whole midfield worked so well today. It felt like they were just exhausted, not exhausted, but like tired of hearing, you know, the negative aspects of things. And they came out wanting to show their quality, and they all did. Mkhitaryan, I mean... Unlucky to not get that goal either. Another fantastic save, point blank. Great ball played in by Correa, like you said earlier. I mean, I wanted him to score. I want I want all our guys to score when they have an opportunity, let's be honest. But, I mean, he deserves credit. He's been under scrutiny for sure. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I can't remember the last good game he had, but this was a good one. He didn't really turn the ball over in possession. Didn't have poor passing. Was 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 active moving forward. I'm yeah, I'm very happy with his performance and I, yeah, nothing bad uh, nothing bad to say obviously on on his on his game. So Inter um, plays a great match tonight, uh, a classic European match where they were solid defensively. I think after the game, uh Thierry Henry and the uh, CBS post game um, showered Inter with with praise for what they bring to the European stage, obviously this tournament is different, especially when you get into the knockout stages. Being able to be compact defensively and being able to, to score on the counterattack is the kind of team that can really make a run and, and do damage, right? Not every team is Bayern. Not every team is Man City and has that, um, you know, where every every of the 11 players on the field, you could make an argument that they're they're one of the best in the world at their position. But then you have teams like Inter who are very, very dangerous because it can get frustrating to, to not be able to put your opportunities away. It can get frustrating uh, to not have those passing lanes that are usually open. Like once you're taken out of your game, and Inter has... 
you know, I don't want to say, oh, they're winning the Champions League, they're winning the Champions League. But if you think about the qualities of a but team... But we are. <laughs> but we are. <laughs> if you think about the qualities of a team that can do damage outside of being Man City, you think about a team that is able to control the tempo of a match. Again, these knockouts are, are 120 minutes, right? Um Sorry, not 120 minutes. Two 90-minute games uh, where being able to control the tempo and take the other team out of their rhythm is supremely important. Being able to be solid defensively uh, and frustrate the other team is extremely important. And being able to come up big in, in big moments and uh, you know hit teams on the counter is extremely important. And Inter has these qualities. It hasn't translated to league success this year, but we are 90 minutes away from uh being in a potentially you know all milanese semifinal, which i couldn't be rooting harder for at this moment in time um and oh, I, 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 there, there's i don't want to i don't want to get ahead but my goodness what i i would kill to send milan home in a semifinal. yeah kill i honestly juve could beat us nine nothing in the coppa italia the next leg but if we beat Milan in the semifinals of the, it, I don't even care. That's yeah. how that's how badly I want. Listen, if it's Napoli, it's Napoli. Whatever. I'm I'm not. And, and if any Napoli fans listen to this and think that we're knocking Napoli or that we're you know anti nap that's not the case. It's it's the Milan derby. It's okay, the and that's what we yeah. want. It's yeah. the Yes, it's nothing against Nap. We know Napoli's the better team. That's not lost on us. But my goodness, would it be incredible? Incredible. Like honestly, whoever would be in the other semifinals it wouldn't even matter because the milan derby would be the one to have your eyes on that yeah. would be the one that would be drama filled that would be just insane things would happen and my goodness do i need especially after the last time we faced in a knockout round in the champions league milan did beat us yeah. we need to kick it back to the cousins we can't let them get away with that yeah neither of us are getting our our second star this year so this would be this, this would, would be, be the, this would be our champions league final yeah. that's what it would be legitimately um legitimately and you know again fantastic uh credit to both the, the team and inzaghi um for for the performance tonight all right so inter walks away with a 2 nothing win i want to talk about um <laughs> we've sort of been talking about this a lot recently but but where we go from here right so a lot of pressure on Inzaghi I think we've both been very critical of him to the point where I'll admit it you know last podcast I, I did say something as crazy as why not Kivu but listen you know it, it's been that kind of year um how do you I think another thing that we spoke about a lot was sort of catalyst for the rest of the season right we in order to even be considered uh, competitive in the transfer market this summer, we need to finish in the top four. We're well positioned to go to a set. As of right now, again, I'm superstitious. My fingers are crossed. We're well positioned to get to a semifinal of the Champions League. And of course, we're also looking at a second leg at the San Siro against Juventus in the Coppa Italia. After this performance, how do you feel going into this critical period of these next two months about our chances to secure the financial benefits that come with finishing top four, to secure a potential Coppa Italia, if you can get past Juventus, you're likely playing Fiorentina, and to secure 
um, you know, semifinals or potentially even a final in the Champions League? How do you feel about about our chances uh, at making all of this happen? You know, I think when we look at the way we play in the league, it's it, it is underwhelming. You know, and I tweeted out how it's frustrating that we can play like this against a Benfica. But then struggle against Salernitanas and the Spezias and, and whatnot because obviously the, the the talent is there. It is it is evident. We do have players who can perform at, at top levels, but maybe it's because they they kind of see the league as a lost cause that they don't leave it all out there that they don't push as hard as they could. And for us as fans, it is frustrating to see, you know, and, and we have our own opinions. Obviously, we don't know what's being said behind closed doors. We don't know what's going on in training. We don't know what's going on with these guys in, in their own personal lives. You know, like we, we tend to forget that they're humans as well. I myself, I'm not excluding myself from this. Like I'll, I get mad at whomever, whether it's Barella, whether it's Lautaro, who knows what's going on mentally. And and with the, you know, it, <clears throat> we we joke around about, uh, about you know, silly things and, and stuff in spaces, but you know with social media players can see everything that's being said all the things you know and maybe yeah. it does affect them i know it would affect me i, I mean i can't pretend that it wouldn't yeah. if i saw someone saying you know john marcos thinks that this he's you know he can't touch he can't do that whatever it, it would you know maybe and you start to think it yourself so <clears throat> um listen if they, if they can get it together and they can galvanize it and and be a united group in the in the like close off the doors forget the noise on the outside and just focus on on the mission at hand and they can win the Coppa Italia they can uh, get to potentially a Champions League final which we obviously the first time since 2010 I mean yeah yeah, this is the time we actually won it um and we're literally like you said 90 minutes away from a semi-final appearance which also would be the first time since 2010 I mean let's just shut up and do it yeah you know and and like yes try to make sure you at least get top four because I mean could anything could happen in the Champions League, especially in a one-off game, like whether it's we play Man City or whomever, if we got to the final, if we got there, anything is possible. But let's not put it into that game that much pressure where because we missed it on top four, we have to win this to get Champions League. Yeah. Let's just at least get top four at that point. We know that that's the, the bare minimum. And let's go out and get a, a treble. Yeah. You know, get the Copa. We already got the Super Copa. Let's get the Copa Italia. Let's get the Champions League. And let's prove us as fans wrong because I'm sure yeah. none of us gave us a, a fighting chance of the Champions League to begin the year. Now we're beginning to dream, but we didn't give us a chance at the beginning. And let's just do something unbelievable, which would also put us in such a fantastic financial situation yeah. that who knows what we might be able to do in the summer. Yeah. Please. And more attractive. <laughs> Even just for, getting. Yeah, more attractive for potential for investors. players. Yeah. Exactly. Like, yeah. especially with the rumors about InvestCorp, if they're yeah. they able to see like a deep run with. A team that really doesn't have the talent it had when we won the Scudetto, but there is a potential to grow that, that if you just invest some money, you're able to go and buy some players and, and reinforce the squad, and not just with players who are youth that you know we think we could develop, players that can come in and be already proven winners. My goodness, like I, I, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself and dream too much, but there is potential there. And like for them, like if I was Inzaghi, I would literally be saying, Block out everything. Yeah. Forget about it. Let's focus on this game by game. Let's support one another. If something doesn't feel like, you know, if we're messing up, lift each other up. Be the voice. Like, be loud. Be like, I would much rather my teammates be yelling at me like, hey, like, get your head in it. Get out of this whatever nonsense you're dealing with. And, and just, just, just take the moment by the scruff of the neck and go. 
like my gosh we we are right there i i want this i, I want the champions league so badly i want i want it so it's let's, not let's you're talking about dreaming but when you think about it like okay we need to take care of business at home and we've given ourselves a good cushion to be able to do so then we're looking at an all italian semi-final which is against teams that we know very well right again tall it's a, a tough task but it's not something that I think is out of the realm of possibility for us to be dreaming about. And then you're talking about a one-off game, a 90-minute game. We know that what the other side of the bracket looks like, it's daunting. But we're talking about one game. And we've seen Inter head-to-head against some of our biggest opposition this year, whether it be, you know, Supercopa against Milan, whether it be a game against Napoli at San Siro, you know, whether it be these these uh, these uh, Champions League games that we've seen us be able to, to come through, then we're just looking at 90 minutes. I don't think it's crazy to say you're dreaming. And the other thing that you speak about that, you know, I think is is really, really important for the squad, but for us as fans as well. It's not been fun to talk about Let's fire our coach. Let's get rid of these players. We need to sell. It's not been fun to speak about that. Those conversations happened because we are looking at fighting for the top four when we were expected to win or challenge for the Scudetto this year. It's not been out of the realm of, of, of reason for us to have those conversations when we're looking at double-digit losses in the league in April. It's, it's not been crazy for us to be talking about that, but we don't want to be talking about that. What I am going to do moving forward, the season started today. Everything that's happened has happened. In terms of the criticisms of Inzaghi, in terms of the criticisms of players who should stay, who should go, in terms of talking about Marotta and Osilio and everything, all the mistakes that have been made from Skriniar's situation to are you going to renew Bastoni, all of this stuff... Today, Inter winning has given us the opportunity to put that in the rearview mirror for a second. You know, let's see what those conversations look like in June at the start of the summer, you know, and we could talk about all those stuff. But for now, the season starts today. We are fighting on three very important fronts. You just won a game that unanimously, you were the, the underdog, Benfica was the favorite. Unanimously, everyone was saying, you're out of form. This is a game that Benfica is going to win. I saw 2-0. I saw 2-0. I saw I saw 2-1, whatever it, it was. You came through tonight. You gave us belief. And I am choosing to believe. Come through on Saturday against Monza. <laughs> you see it in terms of the attendance number. The Inter fans show up. You have lost 10 times in the league. You haven't won a game since March 3rd. And you know what? I don't give a goddamn. As of today, the season is new. I am locked in. I will be behind the manager. I will be behind the players. Anyone that wants to come at me on Twitter and say, Oh, but you said Fire or you said bring Kivu. Bring it. I don't care. From here on out, you have my full, you've always had my full support, but from here on out, I believe, I believe that this team can get, can get it done this year on every single front. Just bottle up whatever happened tonight. 
bottle it up and keep it going. Like you said, Johnny, you don't know what these guys are going through in their personal lives. But if I was them and I was going through a hard time, I would soak in what happened tonight. I'd put my head down and I'd go to work. Agreed. Like that's the, that's it, man. Just take this moment and let it propel you for the rest of the season. Like you said, let's forget about what's happened. Let's try to keep out all the noise, all the negativity. I mean, <clears throat> I would like to be able to keep it positive and, and like this, like going forward too. No matter what happens, like whatever, like go to the Monza game, get a get a result. Hopefully, three points. I don't care how ugly it is. A revenge I don't care game. If you at home, yeah, I don't care. I don't care if you want to go like Allegri and play like the, the most disgusting defensive style football. Just get me three points. Get me three points. It could be a fluke goal that goes off Dumfries's head that hits off of Barella's butt off Jekko's nose and gets in the goal. Like I don't care. Just get me three points and let's keep doing it. Chipping away at this one game at a time. We don't know what's going to happen too with Juve and their 15 points. So it's important that we get Super. as many points as we get too. Because, I, I mean, again, I, in my mind, I'm already counting them as getting the 15 points back. That's really yep. what I'm doing. Yep. If they don't, fine. Uh, it's a little bit of wiggle room. But we still have to take care of our own. So let's do it. Start Keep keep this momentum going this weekend. And, then, and, and hopefully we can, you know, propel ourselves to the semifinals. Yeah. You have to think of it that way. That it's Napoli, Juvent- uh, Lazio, and Juventus ahead of you. And then you're in a three-way battle with Milan, Atalanta, and yourselves for... And Roma, sorry. Um for that fourth spot and that's it pressure's on but you guys have shown um what you're able to do you know when when your backs are against a wall like this let's just finish out let's you know this is going to be a season that i would love to look back on and say what a roller coaster but if you finish it strong man man yeah that's that's how I feel. I, I just give myself chills right there. Jeez, bro. Like I don't care what I don't. Yeah, I don't care what we get. Like I just to to think of what could happen for this thing. More so because of the financial aspect, maybe, and maybe yeah. like investors and new owner. Like this could be huge for us. And I hope. I mean, listen. I don't know who was there, but I'm hoping InvestCorp was watching and they were at the game or something, and they're like, hey. Maybe now's the time. Like these we guys can, need like, to be saved. Build on this, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like we can build on this. Yeah. Like, totally. What if we just went out and bought Mbappe? Like you know, like you know, I'm just saying stupid stuff now. But, but like, yeah. Who knows what? Like you know, my gosh, I, I, I want, I, the feeling that I had in 2010 watching that treble team, where I really felt watching every game, especially after the game against Milan, where Schneider was just brought in and we went out and smoked them for nothing. Yeah. After that, I felt like we could never lose a game ever yeah. again. Yeah. Like I, I thought we were the greatest team ever. And I was even saying Champions League then. I want to get back to that level of confidence where, where real winners who may be seen as, you know, not, not fitting our system, whatever. Like, that's what it was. Like, Schneider was looked at as, like, a guy who just wouldn't be able to fit and work at Real Madrid. And we were able to get him on a cheap. We were able to get a guy, I mean, we were able to get Mota and, and, and Milito from Genoa. You know, they're, they're, we, if we could get, you know, a few key players from the Serie A, somebody who's maybe, you know, not working out at Real or, or Man City or Man U, whatever. Yeah. And then and able to, to grow on this, this moment and this spirit. Because we have 
pillars within this team that are champions that can actually go out and help a team win a Champions League. If we could bring a few more additions and, and, and we, we could do something special. And for all the, the, the hardship I give Inzaghi in the league, there's something about him in the cups that he is able to do and get things out of these players that yeah. I can't explain. Maybe he, it may be, listen, I, I will be okay to admit I'm wrong. And maybe if you do give him a real Mercato where he's able to get players, not players that he picks, because clearly he may not have the best, <laughs> do the best at selecting players. Yeah. But if we can get players who actually bring value and can be plug in and start right away type guys, especially in the wingback positions, guys who could actually dribble their man and, and cross and score, who knows what he can do with them. So listen, let's just keep riding this wave, dare to dream, and, and hope that we can. Um, we can do something for the this. people listening like this is this is the epitome of what being an inter fan is right last week we were talking last week a few days ago we were talking to uh mo and we're talking about how we're in such a shit situation where if we weren't able to go through if we aren't able to go through all this stuff is still in the air but you know champions league if we can't get top four we're looking at you know, potentially falling back into five, six years of mediocrity and having to start all over and work our way back up. But think about how quickly things can change with some success on the pitch. You know, it's, it's, and now we're talking about, you know, being sold to Invest Corp and what can we do this summer after having won our fourth Champions League? It's like, this is what it is to be an Inter fan, man. It's, it's day by day, honestly. And I wouldn't have it any other way. I might have it another way, which is winning all the time. But this is all I can remember. It's been like this. Up and down, up and down. Pazza Inter. Mm. Yeah, I'm just... I'm. <laughs> you know what? I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. But yeah, let's just enjoy this. What a victory. What a team victory. Every aspect of the game, I felt like we were much stronger than Benfica. Let's just do it again on the return leg and and bring this to the bring this home to the semis, man. And who knows? It could be a home and home, technically quote unquote, you know, a home a home and home in Milan. My gosh, the San Siro would be and the extra thirteen million for the boys. Hell oh. yeah, hell anyway, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Um, we're not going to do a bidonet today because... There was none. There was there none. There was none. There was none. We'll do our man of the match, though. Uh, who do you want to go first? Uh, you go first. I will go uh, Bastoni because I thought from a defensive perspective he played his best game of the season and also because... Our strategy of putting the ball into the box wasn't working until he got himself into space. And that, going up 1-0 away from home, it completely changed the trajectory of the game where it became Benfica that was frantic and us that seemed like we were in control. Um, that moment, you know, that that turned our fortunes around. And I have to give it to, to Bastoni for keeping his calm and, and being a monster all day. Uh, I love the pick. Uh, just to be different, because uh, who wants to hear us say the same thing and agree on everything? I'm going to say my boy, my captain, my keeper, Andre Onana. That save at the end is going to be huge in the return leg. I don't think people understand how important going up, like you said, 2 nothing back to the San Siro is better than going up 2-1. 
especially in the last second. That could have been really a backbreaker and given them confidence that we don't want them to have going into the next game. Yeah. Huge. Andre, you say all the right things. You do all the right things. I don't care if you make a mistake here or there. When it matters most, you are there in the back for us. And my gosh, I love you so much. Don't ever leave us, please. You're my man of the match. I got to find out what the XG on that goal was. It had to be like 0.9 or, or a full one. I was going to say 0.8, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? Who knows? I would. Yeah, that would be cool to find out what that was on that specific opportunity. It's like in the NBA, you have a, a net rating. Like Onana's has to be a full goal uh, for what he did. I mean, did you see the, the, the graph that ESPN put out of goals saved or goal... I gotta find it. I had it somewhere, but anyway, he saved. He has saved seven point six two goals. It's like ridiculous. above expect or whatever. So like he stopped literally almost eight goals himself. It's and insane. the next closest guy is Courtois at two point three. It's insane. So and you and that's before this opportunity just even happened. So let's say it's eight point something now. Yeah. I mean, price went up. He's. Yeah. Every <laughs> every round we go. Nima, we're at 100 right now. If we get to the semis, 125. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. All right, guys. Finally, man. That was that was a fun one. It's, it's, this was a this I am so happy we were able to do this. I, I told I mean, listen, I was dreading it. I was not looking forward to today. I am I'm much rather would, would much rather be wrong and be able to come on here happy and we could like be all all smiles the whole time than than be proven right and not want to do this. So this this was one that the episode 13 most people say is unlucky number 13 lucky for us and my goodness was this is my favorite one we've done so far. We did it. We did it after Two months. It, you know what? I'm gonna semifinals. Here we come, baby! Ow! I'm, I, I'm don't so worry, guys. Pumped. I'm knocking on the wood. I'm knocking on the wood. <laughs> yeah, I'll knock on my desk too. All right. In the words of the great Roberto Scarpini, on tonight, the night of nights, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi, Forza ragazzi.